Well, hello, friends, and welcome to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry and podcast ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church, located in Greenville, Texas. Now, in these few moments we spend together each week, you'll hear great and stirring interviews and powerful messages from the Word of God. But the reason for it all is so you can be touched by... Thanks again, listeners, for being a part of today's His Mighty Hand radio broadcast. We are so delighted to have you, as always, in our hearts and in your home or in your car, wherever you might be listening, maybe on your phone. We're so grateful that you've taken the time to hear a story today from a very special person named Katie Walden, who's come in to tell us how God has really set her free from a pretty tough um, time of uh, stress and anxiety, and, and not with without reason. There was a reason for it, wasn't there, Katie? Absolutely. Thank you so much again for being in our studio today. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. And Katie, you've um, been through uh, a terrible experience that you told us about in the last episode involving a gunman at Walmart, you yes. know, of all things that we don't want to have to think we're going to have to deal with in this day and time. We know that sometimes these things do happen. And after you survived it, uh, thank the Lord, uh, you weren't hurt or injured, but you were affected. Yes. Can you tell us about how this affected you? So after the, you know, the coming days after the shooting, I remember being just fearful of everything around me. I had really bad anxiety about that the gunman was still after me. I didn't know who he was or his motive behind what he did, but in my head, he was coming for me. You felt like somebody was out to get you? I felt like somebody was out to get me. Hmm. Um, I noticed that when I would go places Mm -hmm. anywhere, I was constantly looking at people, seeing if they were looking at me, um, Mm -hmm. checking their hands. Do they have anything in their hand? Do they have a gun on their belt? Hmm. Just a very hyper aware of everything around me. Wow. Did you ever see anyone carrying a gun and kind of freak out? Um, to this day, it still kind of gives me a little anxiety when I see people with, you know, even off-duty officers always have one strapped to them. Gives you the creeps. It just, it doesn't sit well with me. I know they're there for protection, but it doesn't sit well. Well, as I said, there's a reason. There's a reason. There's a reason you feel that way. So, um, every shock, every sound was an anxiety reminder of what you had been through. Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of made you a little bit paranoid, sounds Very, like. Very, yes. Um, I lost many, many hours of sleep huh. um, for about five years. I don't know how many full nights rest I got. Um, I would lay awake at night. If I did fall asleep, I would wake myself up in fear that someone was going to break in and get my kids or going to hurt me or um, just waking up in pure fear, seeing, having nightmares, not terrors, all, all images rushing back from that day. So this projected to your kids, Mm -hmm. 
this was uh, inescapable, and you must have been just exhausted. Yes, absolutely. Which probably didn't help. No. <laughs> Makes more uh, anxiety and, mm-hmm. and uh, stress. Mm-hmm. So you're living in fear. Uh, would you say, I'm not a uh, psychologist by any stretch, but would you say you might have been suffering uh, from a form of PTSD? Yes, I did uh, talk to several therapists and psychologists, mm-hmm. and I mean, that is 100% mm-hmm. PTSD, yes. Okay. How did they um, How did they try to help you? Um, retelling the story, mm-hmm. hashing things over. One thing that really helped um, is a therapy called EMDR, and mm-hmm. it is where you um, put yourself back in the situation. I was able to see me in the store from a different perspective and it finally made me realize how far away the gunman was Mm. from where I was in the store and that he wasn't coming for me. It wasn't directed towards me Mm. and um, that in the grand scheme of the distance between the two of us, Mm -hmm. I was not going to get hurt that day. And I know that now, but in my head, it played out the what ifs. You couldn't have told you that. Couldn't then. have told me that then. No. But now, after going through those uh, exercises mm-hmm. of the actual logistics and the geography of the layout mm-hmm. of the situation, that was helpful to it you. It was very helpful. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Just to lay it all out and mm-hmm. see now, hey, this is what could have happened and this is what was never going to happen. Right. Wow. Yep. Very interesting. And then somewhere along in there, you started thinking about God. Yes. A lot. Mm-hmm. You had a um, sort of soul heart cry of anxiety. You're exhausted. You're tired of all this fear, and you're wanting to see if God can help you. Mm-hmm. And um, that led to... Getting involved in church, yes, and finding church to be something of a family mm-hmm. to you, and finding some comfort there. Yes, yep. So, um, how did that um, how did that transpire, and how did that help um, at that time? I know you're going to tell us about the uh, the filter incident in a moment, mm-hmm. but just to kind of set that up, what was the um, general environment that you felt in church and in the house of the Lord and in the presence of the Lord that began to help turn the corner for you there. So Jordan and I had been searching for a church home. Um, We were living in Greenville at the time and we had visited quite a few churches in the area. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was nothing ever just felt like it was home. And that's what we wanted was Mm -hmm. somewhere we knew that we could raise our kids. Right in church and um we went into Eastridge Church of Christ and in Rockwall mm-hmm. and the moment we walked through the doors I knew it just in my heart I knew that was where I was supposed to be that day. Mm-hmm. And for the the coming time. Felt like home. It felt like felt family. like home. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. people just had this presence about them that brought comfort and made you want more. You yeah. wanted to go, we wanted to go back. We wanted to meet people. Um, and we were, we had always been just 
you go to church, you sit in your pew, you yeah. worship, and you leave. And yeah. it wasn't ever a go on Wednesday nights and mm-hmm. join Bible study groups or anything like that. So, But that you is, felt some spiritual connection with the yes. people like family. Yes. That's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the singing, you said, was powerful. and Yes. So in the Church of Christ, there are no instruments. It is all vocals. And so that is one thing I have always connected with is music. Um, mm-hmm. And then my husband grew up in the Church of Christ. And so he, that is what he was raised with, is the the beautiful singing that comes. And so every Sunday, mm-hmm. just to hear this enormous congregation singing with no instruments yeah it was it it's an incredible feeling that you can get i bet it's beautiful to hear all the parts and the mm-hmm. and the harmonies and i bet it's very reverential and worshipful so you went to a singing class and uh managed to meet the uh music pastor Yes, so Aaron Schatz, he led music every Sunday, and on Wednesdays he had a singing class that Jordan and I joined. And so every Wednesday we would go, and he would, you know, sing new songs that were we were going to be having on yeah. Sundays, and um, that that is what we did on Wednesdays. We sent our kids to children's church, and mm-hmm. we went to sing. And next thing you know, Aaron Schatz is filling in for the pastor one Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Yes, he he did a guest um, sermon one Sunday, and yeah. um, he preached on building a relationship with the Lord and the mm-hmm. things in our lives that hold us back from that relationship. Mm-hmm. And he described it to be like coffee, um, that our life is full of these things holding us back, these impurities, these sins, um but when you filter all of that out, you can have a beautiful relationship with God. Nice. So they actually gave you a coffee filter. They, they passed out coffee filters. There were probably 400 people in yeah. the sanctuary that day. And everybody got one. Everybody got one. And what were you supposed to do with it? He instructed us to write on there the things um, holding us back from this relationship <laughs> with the Lord. Wow. And so I, as I'm just weeping, writing down my fear of Mm -hmm. this relationship with the enemy that I had no control over, but he had just taken over my life. He was wearing you out. He was wearing me out. Absolutely. Okay. So you wrote that on the coffee filter. Wrote all of this on the coffee filter. Literally. Literally. Started writing it all. Bullet points. All of these things. Wow. Um, And I remember... Just feeling the presence of the Lord standing next to me as I'm writing. And I'm just overwhelmed with emotion, just crying. Broken. Jordan is tapping on my leg. Like, Katie, what is, are you okay? What's going on? Yeah, he had yeah. no idea uh-huh. what was going on. Wow. So it was like the dam broke mm-hmm. and all these emotions and fears mm-hmm. are now filtered away. Mm-hmm. And the grace uh, for God to heal you of all this just begins to flow freely. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I remember that day walking out of church. I knew for the first time in five years that I was okay and that I was safe. My goodness. 
So you think it's possible? Could it be, Katie, that any of our listeners right now have some stuff they might need to filter? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, and maybe that's why God has you here today. I know he has you here for a reason. Maybe you could uh, tell somebody how to do that. Maybe they need to go to the kitchen and get a filter (laughs) and a pen and sit down, you know, at the breakfast table and just start writing things out, like you said, in a bullet list. Okay, here are the things that are holding me back from the relationship with God that I know I want to have. Could you give them a little coaching on how to do that right now? Sure. (laughs) If they were if they were going to make right with God, what would you what would you say? What what should they do? Focus on your purpose, um, the good in your life. Mm-hmm. Do not let the enemy tell you you are not enough. Or You're not worthy. You're not worthy. Mm-hmm. That's one of the lies of the enemy. You know, you don't deserve to live. You're not good enough. You're not, you're not worthy of being saved. And, um, we have to learn to, uh, reject those, uh, false messages and just filter mm-hmm. them, send them right back where they came from because they're just lies. The enemy is so full of lies and the spiritual warfare that he has going on is, uh, it's real. And he's always speaking stuff into our imagination yes. and making us think things that really, that really aren't even valid. And uh, I'm just so grateful uh, for your willingness. You've come in here with a huge authenticity and vulnerability today, Katie. And um, one of the things I thought was cool that you told me before, did you know the Bible says the Lord gives his beloved one sleep? Uh, you may not have known that was in the Bible, Mm-mm. but you found out, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I what, did. What happened? I was able to rest. To... I was uh-huh. able to sleep. Um, that Sunday after the coffee sermon, I, it it was days before I even thought about the shooting again, which hadn't happened in five years. It was a constant daily thing. Yeah. Even woke me up out of my sleep. Yeah. I think what happened, Katie, is uh, you didn't know it. But that morning, you were about to be touched by the mighty hand of God. Absolutely. And he touched you with his compassion and with his love and with his grace. Yes. And he allowed you to filter out some things that just didn't belong there. And he's replaced them now with an overwhelming sense of his peace. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's with you now, still to this very moment, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Every day. Praise God for that. I want to pray for you, Katie, and pray for our listeners. Father, thank you for Katie's uh, sweet spirit. And um, God, she was just so fragile for so long. And now she's humble, but she's full of power. And in her brokenness, Lord, she's found healing. And in her weakness, Lord, she has found wholeness. And uh, your strength, Lord, is just very apparent and obvious in her life. And I ask you to take the strength of her words and use them as a blessing to someone else today, that they too can be touched by the mighty hand of God. Your compassion, your strength, your healing, your goodness, Lord, you're an awesome God. We just love you so much. We thank you that when we humble ourselves before you, you have no trouble in uh, conferring to us a blessing that will raise us up 
and put us on the Highland Way. And we're so grateful for it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again so much, Katie Walden, for being with us today. You've been such a blessing. Thank you for having me. You bet. Chet Haney and Katie Walden in the His Mighty Hand studio at Highland Terrace Baptist Church in Greenville, Texas. Thank you for listening. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chet. You know, I had a man at my former church meet with me to plan the funeral of his mother, who was a dear, saintly lady of God who knew the Scripture. And she would slip me little verses of Scripture sometimes to go along with what I had been preaching. We were very close. And when she died, he did not want Amazing Grace sung at her funeral. Now, why would he say that? You know why? He said, my mother is not a wretch. And uh, I think it was in her um, little plan that she had written. She wanted amazing grace. Huh? He said, we're not doing it. My mother's not a wretch. Can I tell you something? Every one of us in this room could be called a wretch. Wicked, rebellious, evil, thankless, and contemptibly haughty. Wretch. Now, here's how you define wretch. It's actually simply uh, an unfortunate, unhappy person. Sometimes we say the poor wretch, he got fired and it wasn't his fault. Um, wretch, according to the Oxford Dictionary, uh, doesn't uh, necessarily always coincide with um, the way we think of uh, wickedness. It, it means unfortunate, unhappy. And living your life for yourself, by yourself, doesn't make you happy. Being lazy, being selfish does not produce happiness, but depression and shame makes you feel banished from the presence of God. And Jesus, who has chosen the church to be his bride, even though he knows we need a lot of help, poor wretch we are, by him, he himself, to himself, has taken upon himself the reconciliation of the church that he might present her to himself a spotless bride without wrinkle. (laughs) I hadn't thought about this in a long time, but Terry used to wear me out about wrinkles on my shirt if I went out of the house with a wrinkle. She didn't like it. Finally, I realized it wasn't for my sake. She didn't care if I looked like a goober, you know. She didn't want that wrinkle being a bad reflection on her because she was in charge of my shirts. Did you know that the wrinkles Jesus is smoothing out on the body of Christ to present us to himself brings glory to himself? By himself, to himself, for himself, Jesus has reconciled us. And he didn't just do it a little bit. We're going to see in just a moment. Um, Here is the Highland Way. The Highland Way is simply a call to the upward Christ-like character 
and personality of someone again who says, let me be like less of me and more like thee. And that's the true you. The truest self, the saintly person God has made you to be. You're never more fake than when you try to be something you're not. Someone you're not. But you're never more real when you start becoming who you are in Jesus. He makes you the real you. Yet not I, Paul said, this same Paul who had been Saul the zealot, he had learned through a total transformation to live his life this way. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the new life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me, who gave himself for me. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, Jesus is Lord of all, having made peace through the blood of the cross. Now, let me come back to that blood in just a moment, and I want to tell you in detail how that spells itself out in our practical daily existence. My challenge to you now, starting today, starting this morning, let Jesus be fully Lord, completely Lord. We heard a really good message at our association meeting this past Tuesday. First time we've gathered in over a year. And we had a devotion given by uh, Dewey Davidson. He used to be the pastor over at Park Street. Now he's out at uh, Prairie Valley, and God's just doing great things out there. A lot of people getting saved out there. A lot of people getting really transformed out there. I'm excited. In fact, Dewey and I are going to have breakfast Thursday. I'm so excited because I want to sit at this man's table and talk about evangelism. I want him to rub off on me. And uh, he got up and, and talked about forgiveness, about pastors who've been hurt. He said, here's one thing I've learned. When you forgive somebody, you have to totally forgive. You can't forgive them 95%. You've got to totally forgive. And that's exactly the way we must come to Jesus totally, completely. Don't hold out because you'll find more joy in heaven one day when you discover Jesus there is completely Lord. And there the Lord has prepared a perfectly suitable place for you for eternity. Now, let's look at this amazing total transformation that's described in verse 21. You who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. You know, back in the day, I could make the biggest mess of a monthly checkbook. This is really before I even got married to Terry. I was in college. And you know what would get me every time? Is if I forgot to write down a check in the register. I hope all of y'all remember check registers in our little checkbooks that we used to write down. Our Young people these days don't have any idea of what we're talking about. Hardly anybody writes checks anymore. But the monthly bank statement would come, and it would show a totally different number 
of how much money I had in the bank than the money I thought I had according to my check register. And I'd begin this long process of reconciling. And I'd keep at it. I never could be satisfied until I agreed to the penny with my bank statement. Sometimes it'd take me a day or two. I heard about a girl at Baylor. I think she was blonde. She said, I can't be overdrawn. I still have checks left. Can I tell you something? Uh, Jesus had a mess on his hands when he began to reconcile us. Uh, we, we even, uh, have this problem with, with secret sins. Would you turn over to Psalm 19 with me just a moment? I tell you the technology that saved my goose with my checkbook. It wasn't a smartphone. <laughs> it wasn't even any kind of computer at all. You know what it was? It was carbon copy checks. Because then every time I wrote a check, I had a permanent copy. As long as I didn't tear it out and lose it, it was there. It helped me stay reconciled better. You know, my wife was a teacher in Denison, and she walked across the hall one day to the business class, and there was a teacher with a typewriter, a manual typewriter, and rolled up in the typewriter were two pieces of paper with a piece of carbon in between. And this little girl, sophomore in high school, was watching this as she typed that. She pulled it out and had two copies of the same paper. She said, that is amazing. She said, that could replace the copy machine. I think she had it just backwards, didn't she? Let me tell you something that we need to be careful for when we're keeping books with Jesus. Look at verses 12 and 13 of Psalm 19. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. That's a good prayer for somebody who wants to please God. Because we're prone to forget some things, aren't we? Notice the next verse. Keep back your servant also from what? From presumptuous sins. Wow. Presumption. You know, when Jesus started reconciling us to himself, there were so many sins. We had forgotten sins that we had uh, indulged ourselves in, indulgences taken, unholy thoughts. And uh, spiritually, we can get a little bit presumptuous, like that blonde girl at Baylor. And we can say, well, of course God will forgive me. He loves me too much. Listen, don't be a presumptuous um, believer in Jesus. Be humble and and don't take it for granted. Um, Don't let the blood of Jesus become a common thing. I think that's what Hebrews 10, 29 is really speaking of when it says that... um, we trample underfoot the blood of Jesus. Listen to this verse. How much worse punishment do you suppose will be thought worthy 
um, who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant, which was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace. What, what else can you say about um, presumption when we just take it for granted that we can that we can sin knowing that Jesus loves us so much and that he'll forgive us. I'll tell you, we were alienated from God. We were enemies of God in our minds. We were nothing more than a poor wretch. We were not humble. We were doing the works of wickedness. Jesus said, when your eyes are sick, your whole body is full of darkness. As we close this out this morning, I want you to look at verse 22 and see what Jesus has accomplished. When Jesus, by the blood of his cross, began reconciling, this is what he had in mind, that in the body of his flesh through death, he could present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. Every bruise, every puncture, every sweat drop of blood He was making sense of the mess. Thanks for listening today to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church located on Joe Ramsey Boulevard right here in Greenville, Texas. Join us each week at this time as we celebrate His work in our lives through 